Good morning, estate agents of the UK. I hope you're well on this Monday morning. It is Monday, the 26th of February, 2024. And my coffee's too hot to drink. There's a lot of conversation about mental health problems in estate agency, and quite rightly, in my opinion. And I wanted to make my contribution to this very, very important topic and, and conversation. Um, because I have some, unsurprisingly perhaps, some different views about the approach to a better state of mind uh, when working in property. And I just want to share with you my views on this. Now, I'm going to talk about delicate sensitive problems i'm going to be straight talking about it i don't believe in sugar coating um if you are someone who is struggling and might easily be upset i urge you not to watch this video because in my experience it's better to confront problems straight on and be blunt about them rather than tiptoe around the edges so in all seriousness, uh, if you are feeling someone who's feeling very on the edge, um, don't watch this video uh, 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 and seek help, professional help. Um, but if you're someone who uh, is interested in the conversation topic about mental health, about how bad things can get, um, without going into any details, I will just say that I have experienced firsthand the worst possible outcomes of mental health problems in estate agency. So I do speak from some first-hand experience and um, maybe you'll agree with the things I say, maybe you won't agree with the things I say. These are my observations and all I hope is that they may be of some help. Uh, they're drawn from my own observations, my own experiences, experiences of people very close to me and out of a desire for people to really enjoy their working life and the rest of their life as a result a bit more than a lot of people do. One of the things, one of the first things I noticed when I became a supplier to estate agents 20 something years ago was just how badly you are treated by members of the public on a daily basis. Unfairly badly. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that there aren't estate agents who treat the public very badly and who get treated badly in return. And there might be some who deserve it, the treatment that they get. But there are, I remember thinking to myself, oof, actually witnessing firsthand shocking behavior by the public towards estate agents. And then having friends of mine, very, very close friends of mine in estate agency say, yeah, that's just pretty normal. We have to put up that every single day. So there is a valid argument that simply being an estate agent is a career choice that comes with uh, steeper state of mind challenges than many other careers will. <clears throat> and that's why I think it is important that there is a discussion about this. Now, what can we do whenever we're struggling with our state of mind? There are lots of things we can do that are well documented that I'm not going to go into. In this video, I want to talk specifically about the industry's approach to helping estate agents with mental health difficulties and challenges. And I'm not going to mention any names, there's no point, 
But I want to talk through some concepts that I think work and concepts that I think don't work. And some of these are from my own personal experience as well, as going back in time when I when I when I used to have mentors and used to seek out mentors and spend time talking to them. And the bottom line is this. I started working for myself in my early 20s. I started running a business and employing people quite quickly and found myself out of my depth for someone of my age and therefore needed guidance and advice. And I found it in my own family, entrepreneurs in my own family, people who'd run very people who'd started businesses very small and built them up very, very big and had huge amounts of experience. And I was able, I was lucky to have direct access to mentors in my own family who had much more experience in business than I did generally. But after a few years, I began to find challenges in the mentorship that was happening. And so um, here are just a, a short list of tips that I've picked up over the years when it comes to your choice of mentor. And by the way, I am not volunteering myself as a mentor. I will never say no to someone who asks me for help if it's they need help seriously. If, if I can help, I will. But I am not volunteering my services for, men, for being a mentor. And I don't think anybody, this is part of my problem with mentoring. I don't think publicly advertising yourself as a mentor is a good idea. Because I think, and going back to my experience, there are some mentors who do it for other reasons as well as wanting to help people. I don't doubt anyone's sincerity in wanting to be of help. And of course, just being able to talk to someone can be helpful. But being a mentor is an immense, immense responsibility. And if you don't know what you're doing, you might end up actually causing someone more harm than good, unintentionally, innocently. But nevertheless, out of a just a, a misplaced and naive sense of, hey, I want to help people, so I'm going to be a mentor. Um, and with no more uh, justification for it than because I'm in the same industry and I, I've had these struggles. It, it boils down to this. The choice of mentor and the choice, because I don't think a mentor should accept every request, as a mentor, I think mentors should reject certain requests if the grounds are, I'm sorry, I don't have personal experience of the problem that you are facing and therefore I cannot in good conscience offer you uh, quality mentorship. I would love to help you find someone who can, right? It, 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 there is a real risk of doing more harm than good as a mentor even though you want to do good, right? Just wanting to do good doesn't mean you won't inadvertently cause some harm. Now, there's a very high profile organization uh, in our industry that offers um, mental health support and it does a lot of good. Um, and uh, I, I was, in fact, I was invited to be a founder member of that and my answer was yes but not publicly i don't want to advertise it uh and i was turned down because you know you have to do it publicly because the organizers want it done publicly and so therefore instantly and automatically i didn't like that there's a publicity aspect to this we, we are we're getting good publicity on the back of the mental health problem and that to me didn't sit right so i was like mm, listen someone wants to ring me for help Anyone can ring me for help if they think I can, I'm in a position to help them. And if I can, I will. But 
Um, no, I'm not going to put my name to something which is basically, <clears throat> as I saw it to begin with, a bit of a PR, publicity, and self-serving exercise for for some for some of the people. I'm not doubting the sincerity of a desire to help at all. I'm just saying that I don't think it was entirely for the best reasons. I think there were other reasons as well that, that for me undermined it. So, um, okay. If you're someone who would like a mentor and wants to have a mentor to talk to to help you through your problems, my suggestion to you is this. Don't look for people who are advertising themselves for the reasons I just said. Look for someone, preferably that you know or know of already and can be introduced to, who has personally solved whatever the problem is that you are facing right now, right? That, because a mentor who has successfully overcome the challenge you're facing is best placed to, to talk from a position of experience and say, this is how I managed to overcome the problem you're now experiencing. And if you don't find a mentor like that, you're going to end up with a mentor who just wants to help but can't. And they'll talk to you a lot, but actually it doesn't help. And that doesn't help. In fact, if anything, that can end up making things worse, especially if they give you ad advice or, or, or suggestions that are misplaced because they don't actually have experience of what you're trying to solve. So I would say if you want to find an in-person mentor, make sure you find someone who has solved, not someone who's suffering. It's always good to talk to other people who are suffering the same problem as you and to share if you, know, if you want to do that. That's always good um, to just find people who are sharing your challenges. That's always constructive. But if you're seeking a mentor, a mentor is a, is a position of real responsibility and, uh, and value. And it must be someone who solved the problem. And I can remember going back now, some of my earlier mentors, and I was very lucky. I had some amazingly senior and experienced and successful mentors. But I quite quickly came to realize that, hang on a second, these guys' success isn't the kind of success I'm after, and the particular problems that I've got to solve, they haven't been through. So they're no longer the right mentors. And I started looking for mentors who had actually overcome the problems I was having. And in the end, I ended up realizing that I didn't personally know anybody who'd solved the problems I was having. So I started looking online for people who were blogging or vlogging or or writing or, or or talking about the problems that I had encountered. And that's where I actually found my, and at the end of this video, I'm going to talk about the person who became my, who has become my longest term mentor. Um, because it really, really was actually life-changing finding that, that, that mentor. So that's the first thing. Choose your mentor incredibly carefully and make sure it's someone who has overcome the problem that you are struggling with. That's point number one. Number two, as I've said, don't be a mentor to someone if you haven't solved their problem. Now, a lot of people who are working for themselves are, are looking for mentors. Oh, oh, I found they've been really successful in business. Therefore, they'll be a great mentor. Well, many of the people I know who've been successful in business have not been successful in happiness and in mental health and in other areas of their life. And if you go, go to those guys for guidance and advice and support, um, you will be getting potentially very harmful guidance. Now, 
that brings me on to the next point. Okay, so number one, choose your mentor. Avoid public mentors and choose a mentor that you've picked privately, personally, because they've solved your problem. Number two, don't be a mentor to someone whose problem you haven't solved. Number three, okay, this is, I think, the elephant in the room of the whole industry. I think that corporate estate agency culture and policy is predominantly the largest driver of mental health problems in a state agency. I am not saying all corporates are worsening mental health in a state agency, because there are some who don't. There are some corporates where there's actually a very positive uh, corporate culture, and, and it's a positive place to be, and there is positivity and support, and there are a lack of toxic policies and cultures. But... And I, I have seen this firsthand myself personally in multiple corporations, not all of them. I have also seen some where this doesn't exist. But the things that are expected of you as a senior manager, as an area director, area manager, branch manager, are not conducive to your state of mind. They just aren't. And a lot of you know that. And it's difficult because you're like, well, this is where I make my living. I mean, I, I can remember an individual who was senior in a very large corporation, who was a friend of mine, coming to me some 20 years ago, just saying, I don't know what to do. I can't earn this much money anywhere else, but my job is making me unwell. And, and actually it was a horrible a uh, piece of foresight to what then happened for that person later down the line. And if you're someone who is in that situation where you are struggling with the environment or the culture within which you work, is it worth it? Is it worth staying there if it's actually causing your state of mind to deteriorate and decline? Because if not, I would urge you to seek alternative employment within the industry in a better culture. Talk to staff who work at other corporations and see how they feel about it. But don't stay in a toxic corporate culture and then be surprised when it fucks you up. All right? That's that's point number one. So that's corporate. Now, one of the good things, though, about if, if you can find a corporate employer who doesn't have a toxic culture is that you you are at least, at least making, hopefully, a good living. You've got a good basic salary and you've got a good income, and therefore that is a massive bonus in life. If you enjoy the company that you work for and you enjoy your job and you've got a stable and secure income from that, that's all good. That's all good. Um. But as a lot of corporations in the last five years or so have had to downsize, struggle, cut costs, that kind of stuff, there's been a big shift towards the next point in here, which is the self-employed model. And I know I have a lot of viewers from the self-employed model. And the same thing applies here. There's, there is a major pro and a major con compared to being an employed employee of a corporate agency 
And that there are pros and cons of the self-employed model, um, and there are many different brands, and the different brands in self-employed model have different pros and cons in different cultures. I'm not going to name any, but the the massive pro of the self-employed model is the apparent, and I use that word carefully, the apparent freedom that you have. Now, yes, you get to spend more time with your kids. Yes, you get to choose to do what you want to do, and you you, you have. And there's no doubt there is immense value in the flexibility of effectively working your own hours. That is a massive boost to quality of life. There's no doubt. But there's a flip side to that as well, because as anyone who's done it will tell you, <clears throat> at least if you work for a corporate estate agency, when you finish work at the end of the day, you've finished work, right? As a self-employed agent, you you never finish work. It's it's never, it's it's a it's a non stop dusk till dawn from waking till sleeping grind where you have to forcibly carve out time for yourself that isn't work and in reality those of us who've done it know that that is extremely hard are we really there for our kids even if they're we're actually in the same room or are we just completely soaked up with our with our work so I'm not saying that it's better or worse than being employed in a toxic corporate culture. I'm saying it's different, but I think equally, potentially equally damaging for your mental health ultimately. And I see a lot of people who are massive cheerleaders for the self-employed model. And don't get me wrong, there are plenty of, uh, of agents who, who do very well out of it and actually have genuinely got a fantastic life out of it. And it can work. It really, really can work. Uh, and there are people for whom it does work very, very well. But ultimately, you are still serving a corporation. And when you stop and think about it, you, you realize that that is, in fact, the truth. You are still serving a corporation. They may, they may be serving you. And as long as the way they are serving you is better, they serve you more than you serve them, then it's in your interest to carry on. But for an awful lot of people in the self-employed model, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like you are on that treadmill and you're on the grind and you are grinding very, very, very hard. And you might just be making ends meet, but actually you're also handing over money every month or a, or a proportion of your income every month to a corporation that's not suffering like you are to make that work. And that will grind you down. That will seriously grind you down. So just be aware of that. And if that's happening, reach out for help. And I know this is one of the areas where the good self-employed models do very well. There is a help network. There is a help network. But also, I think there is a price to the success in self-employed models where, yes, you're successful. Yes, you've made lots of money. Yes, you are perhaps working for your hours and going on more holidays and having more time with your family and yourself. Um, but in the self-employed model, sometimes that can rely on the grind of other people that you've signed up. And if you're a good person with your heart in the right place, that can start to become uncomfortable too. Like, I'm doing really well, but at whose expense am I doing really well? If, you're, if your network are doing really, really well as well, and, and you can see them on the up, that's fantastic. But th there is a risk of that. And also, you are still handing over 
a huge amount of the revenue you're generating is going to the corporation. That's fine. <clears throat> and I, I'm not, this is not a criticism of the self-employed model at all because I know it works well for an awful lot of people. And it's a great stepping stone, I think, out of corporate life into a life where you are in more control of your own destiny on a daily basis. But I have worked my whole career with agents of all different kinds and employment models from corporate agents to small or medium in size independents to self-employed guys to the business owners where you don't it's your own name above the door right actually just this evening <clears throat> on the moving home and charlie channel i've got uh, katie fox from pool in dorset coming on who is the sort of agent i'm talking about where i don't know katie we've never met before but we just we, we connected through best agent and any agent who puts their own name above the door and is putting their personal reputation on the line for their clients every time they take on an instruction and is doing it under their own brand uh, and and that is without a doubt the hardest form of estate agency it is harder to do that than it is to be a self-employed agent and some of you self-employed agents might be watching this and going what charlie even harder than this yeah, it is. But if you can do it, it is the best. It is the best long-term one. And it has the fewest mental health challenges of all the different models. And given that this video is about mental health challenges, my observation of the last 25 years of working with agents is that those who take that step ultimately end up with the best balance in life because only by being your own fully employed your own business not a part of an umbrella brand or a part of a network but just your own business where you are in total control of your own brand of your own marketing of your own technology of your own everything can you truly avoid the toxic effects of other people in your business whether it be a corporate employer, whether it be a toxic self-employment brand, and they exist for sure, um, you are answerable only to yourself. And although it is the hardest way, I would say this, if you're someone who is successful, very successful in the self-employed model, which is difficult, then you will, you will definitely be able to do uh, full soul employed, working for yourself, a business owner, of your own brand, not, not affiliated with any other umbrella brand, just your own brand, your own choices, your own tech, your own staff, your own business, your own clients, your own money that you get to keep 100% of and you decide how you spend it. You don't have to hand it over to anyone you don't want to hand it over to, okay? Ultimately, now, I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it is the hardest way to do it. There's no doubt. But it is also the most fulfilling, most rewarding way. So, um, well, actually, which is one of the reasons that I've set up Best Agent, because Best Agent is intended to help people who want to set up on their own without being part of a, 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 a public-facing brand, okay? It's there with no strings attached to support people who want to step out on their own and make sure that they have uh, um, the same bite at the cherry of, of all local instruction leads as everybody else does. That's why I've set up Best Agents. One of the reasons I set up Best Agents is to try to help the public find those really conscientious self-employed agents more easily. Now, I did say to you that I would 
um, tell you about m the mentor that I use. So the mentor I found after having looked, and by the way, I had lots of in-person real mentors in the first sort of 10 years of my career. And I had one who was absolutely incredible, the best mentor of all. Unfortunately, he died. Um, I mean, he was quite old. It was, you know, he'd lived a good life. He had the most incredible career of anyone I'd ever met. Started in the post room of a big corporation when he was 16 years old, ended up being chairman of one of the largest companies in the world, having worked his way up the whole way. And what he didn't know wasn't worth learning. And, and I had him as a mentor for a long time. But after that, I needed a very specific kind of mentor. In fact, there wasn't any one person. And I discovered in 2008, a chap called Tim Ferriss, um, and you can find him on tim.blog, uh, and he has he has this podcast. It's the most downloaded business podcast in the world. It's the Tim Ferriss Show, and what he does is he just interviews people. He's done 700 or something of them now, and listening to those interviews, I've learned more about all the struggles of being self-employed uh, than I've learned from anywhere else, um, and he himself has been through severe uh, mental health challenges um, and came extremely close to taking his own life on a number of occasions. And he talks about that and how he came through it. Um, so I would just say, listen, if you're, if you're someone who hasn't yet reached out for more, hasn't found a mental that's good, you can't lose. It's, it's completely free. His, his, all of his content is free. Um, just go to tim.blog to find Tim Ferriss and all of his ex incredible 15, 16 years of content and interviews and videos and books. Um, uh, yeah, tim.blog. Otherwise, guys, um, thank you very much for watching this video. I hope it's been helpful. I apologize if it hasn't been helpful. Um, if you think that it has been helpful, please share it with other agents that you think might find it useful. Um, otherwise, I'm here to big up honest, transparent estate agency. I'm here to support and to publicly promote good and the best estate agents out there. Um, I'm here as, as far as I know, um, the person from the industry with the largest public audience defending what estate agents do and the importance of it and the importance of choosing your estate agent right and the importance of avoiding shyster agents who just list you and lock you into a long solidity contract whether so that they can sell financial services to other people i'm here to end bad estate agency you can't fix this industry by just promoting good stuff you've got to call out the bad stuff too which is what's made me unpopular with a lot of bad estate agents don't care that's my job thanks guys thanks for watching See you on the next one. Please, if you don't already, then follow me on X at Best Agent Boss. Follow me on, on LinkedIn uh, and on Instagram, Best Agent Property UK, and on YouTube, the Best Agent channel on YouTube. Thanks, guys. See you on the next one. Bye bye.